Guess what, folks? Yes, that is right. It is time for another episode of your favorite, favorite podcast, Model Railroad Talk. And everybody say it with me. I'm your host, The Bandit. Uh, today, we have got... Uh, we have got some couple things we're going to talk about uh, structures, um, whether it be wood, plastic, uh, pre-built, you build it, kit bash, whatever. And we're just going to talk about overview um, of them. And then uh, we're going to talk about weathering. Um, and that's a, weathering is just going to be some, uh, we're just going to go over like the basic uh, techniques that majority of people use um, or that, that you see commonly talked about. And we do have a product review as well. So um, so stick around. We'll get the show on the tracks. Okay, it is time, folks. It is time for this to start. Um, once again, I just, I know I start every episode like this, or it seems like I do, but just the, I just can't thank you guys enough for the, oh, the response that I'm getting with this podcast that I, it's more than I ever expected it to be. I started this podcast, you know, um, mainly just to get, give me something to do when either a, I was waiting on something for the railroad or, you know, just, I don't know, something different. And I never expected it to get, um, you know, huge. And I'm not saying that it's huge yet, but it seems like it's getting that way as we, go forward i mean i know like our tiktok right now we're sitting 700 and i don't know like 750 or so followers on there we're getting close to that thousand mark um on uh just spotify here and the analytics that gives me is you know i know it's not 100 percent correct because not all the podcast uh uh, what do you call it? Forms or, or uh, platforms report back to Spotify. So, I mean, even the numbers there is good, but, but no, uh, I really appreciate it. And um, this last week we had gotten actually two more emails. Um, one of which um, the gentleman has been, we've been, we've been talking back and forth and actually um, I'm going to try to get him on um one of the next few podcasts um and well we'll just start eric o from nebraska um he reached out to us and he just recently had stumbled you know upon our podcast and um he was intrigued and um by listening to it and i guess i guess with me talking about you know um just taking a chance doing you know doing what you like um um, I guess I want to say triggered him, but, uh, encouraged him to start his own YouTube channel. So, um, I'm not going to get into any of that stuff. I'll wait until we actually get him on here as a guest and let him talk about that. You know, um, 
I believe you guys put the work in on that. You should be able to talk about your, your stuff that you work on. But anyways, I just want to say thank you, Eric, for reaching out. It was a um, great email and we had received another email from uh, Brandon S. I believe it is from Illinois. Um, thank you, Eric. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, not Eric. Thank you, Brandon, for that email. Um, we did respond. We haven't heard back from him yet, but, um, you know, it's summertime. People are busy, so I, I get it. Um, um, he had mentioned something about he would be on the podcast, too. So, hey, you know what? Um, I'm all for guests. Um, that's what this show is about. You as a modeler and me just talking about the stuff, you know, that we talk about, you know, if we were standing in a group right now, all of us listeners, you know, I mean, majority of us would be, you know, talking about the same thing. So that's all this is about, you know, I, I'm no way, shape or form, um, an expert never will be, never have been, and don't plan on being anyways. Um, so anyways, thank you for the, for the, uh, the, you know, the response. <clears throat> so anyways, like we said in our intro, we are talking about structures, buildings, whatever you want to call it. Um, and this goes across all scales, I believe. Um, obviously, different scales. And, and, and I guess I'm talking more interior, uh, uh, interior layouts. You get the big garden layouts or, you know, the large scale that you actually can ride on, um, which side note, going back on to Eric from Nebraska, um, that's actually what he's into. So that's where I'm excited to have him on this, on this podcast and interview him and talk to him about that. So anyways, um, obviously if you're weathering for outside, it's techniques are going to be different, but in the end result, you want it to look the same, if that makes sense. Um, but anyways, and we're talking about weathering down the road, um, and the second part of this. So anyways, uh, but going back to structures, structures are going to basically be the same across all scales, whether, you know, the first thing you need to figure out, like we've talked before, um, you need to figure out what your industries are going to be on your railroad, whether you're going to be an operating road, a realistic railroad, you know, um, prototype, freelance, whatever, or are you into the toy train thing, you know, which is fine. Um, there's a lot of people, that's a big market. You know, you just want to see the trains running around, you know, and you just, you don't care about, um, like the second portion of this will be about weather and, you know, you don't care about that. You just, there's a building you like, you want to set it on the railroad. doesn't matter if it looks like plastic or not, you know, Hey, that's, it's your railroad. That's, that's a, you know, that's a thing. There's nothing wrong with that. So, um, to start, I'm going to say there are basically two types, well, technically three types, known, well-known types, we'll just say three well-known types of building material uh, that is used for uh, model railroad buildings. You have plastic, uh, you have wood, which is usually made from uh, basswood. Some people use balsa. It's a little balsa is a little softer than basswood. And then you have plaster. Plaster is generally used for, we'll say like stone walls and stuff like that. But 
I have seen people actually make ca uh, plaster castings and pour their own uh, walls for their their buildings, and they look awesome. You know, I mean, let's face it: if you're going to do a brick building, plaster is going to be your best bet to make you know the closest to make it look real. So, anyways, um, so yeah, there's there's plastic kit kits or pre-built craftsman kits or is what they generally refer to as the wood kits um so let, we'll start with the plastic your basic um plastic kits you go to the hobby shop you walk in you see the building um it doesn't matter if it's a, a dpm or walters or whoever um, you like the building, whether it's a fire station or a grain silo, or it doesn't matter. You buy it, you take it home. It's a plastic kit. Um, what do you do? Have you ever put one together before? Okay. Um, I'm going to start by saying if you've never, if you're new to the hobby, and let's say you just got your your um, track up and running and secured down and you got it wired and you have a you know the trains are running on the tracks as you want now what do you do okay well you move on to scenery and but do you have to wait until your scenery is done to start building your buildings or collecting your buildings industries whatever for your railroad no um a lot of people actually um i've i've known a lot of people that they actually got into model railroading because they enjoyed building, just enjoyed building structures, buildings, uh, industries, and they wanted to elevate, you know, they wanted to make a, a diorama and then they wanted to elevate it by putting a train on it. And then, you know, that led into, well, if this thing ran, that'd be cool, you know, so on and so forth. So, um, you could actually, if you started, you know, if, if or maybe, maybe you're planning on building a railroad but you haven't got, or, you know, you, you're not going to have space for that railroad. Say you're going to be moving in six months or whatever. Um, you don't have space right now, but that doesn't mean that you can't go and buy a structure kit and start building. Um, yeah. Make sure you keep it safe between that point and the point that you actually can put it on your railroad. And if you're, if we're using the example of moving, you know, make sure when you move, you protect that. <laughs> Because you don't want all your hard work to go to waste, you know. But, um, but you know, kits are a good way to add to your layout. Even if you don't do anything with them, but build them per the instructions. Um, and you don't weather or paint them. You just, you just say build it right out of the box. It's a good way to add uh, another element to your railroad. Um, Plastic kits, you're going to either use, uh, majority of people, I should say, use uh, super glue. They make, uh, oh, uh, I believe it, the company's called Tenex. Uh, they make, it's a basically a plastic welder. It's for uh, styrene material. And there is also, I mean, th this goes around and around. Um, I've seen this in the forums, all the groups I'm in, um, one person will be like, okay, I got this plastic kit. How do I, you know, I don't want to use super glue because 
it will fog up and this and that. And then you have another person's like, well, I use 10 X. And then somebody else says, well, I use MEK or I use this or I use that. And then it goes back and forth. Well, you know, if you use MEK, if it, for those of you who don't know, it's a, basically a paint thinner cleaner, you know, that you use like contractors use, but the chemical makeup of it is, is such the pretty much the same as what the 10 X is. Um, and it does the same stuff, but you know, you hear the arguments of, oh my gosh, you know, um, you have to use a well ventilated air. If you use that stuff, well, technically if you're using super glue people, you should have ventilation. So, um, but this isn't about that, but, th but that's generally what people will use is either like a plastic weld, super glue. Um, I would, uh, you know, I, before you dive in, do your research, ask around your, you know, at your hobby shop or any groups you may be in and see what the, what the local, um, I guess the locals, I guess are using, because I firmly believe how you build these, like with what material, like, you know, whether you use super glue, 10X, wood glue, whatever. Um, I think a lot or not a lot of it, but part of it depends on your region where you live you know if you're living in a place where high humidity all the time all year and you know or you know you you don't have a way to have your railroad in a climate control or whatever you know that's gonna that's gonna vary on your um adhesives glues uh compared to somebody that say lives, you know, set we'll say it up in Canada. I'm not saying Canada doesn't get hot days. They do. But, you know, you go from Canada, from say Florida, Texas, here in the States to Northern or middle of Canada or something, there's, there's going to be a temperature difference. And depending on where you are in the United States, even, um, humidity difference, you know, it could be the same temperature, you know, say 90 degrees, but if you don't have the humidity, that makes a world of difference. So I, as far as uh, getting adhesives, whether it, it's for building a plastic kit or a craftsman kit or wood, I should say wood kit, or even plaster kits, check around your local hobby shop and, and maybe reach out to, if you can, if there's a local uh, model railroad club, even if you're not part of it, reach out to some of their members, find out what they are using uh, to use you know, to, uh, build their kits with for adhesives. All right. So, um, we are, we're talking about plastic. Now you, you buy a kit, but what about the pre-made kits? You know, there's nothing wrong with those either. Uh, it depends. The biggest thing is it depends on, you need to figure out it's your railroad. You need to figure out what are you wanting to do for your buildings, your industries. And we're, and I'm, I'm not even necessarily saying industries, I guess I, sh I said that, but I, I'm, I'm more referring to, okay, you've got, you know, you're going to have a grain silo, uh, a grain facility, or you're going to, you already know what your industries, rail served industries. This is going to be more for filler buildings, um, to make your layout look populated, lived in whatever. Um, so you kind of still need to think of what is available out there for buildings and what say area you're modeling. If you are doing any kind of prototypical modeling, 
Um, if you're not, you know what, if you're one of those that you, you see a building and it looks cool, put it on your layout because you like it, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you can, there's all sorts of manufacturers, Woodland Scenics. Um, I think Walters does it now. Um, and even heck you can go to Menards now. I don't know how much they stock in the stores, but like Menards online, you can buy HO, O scale. I, I don't know what other scales they do, but pre-built buildings and they're lit up and actually they look from the pictures they look decent i'm waiting um until it gets uh the summer times done to where our local menard starts putting that stuff back out you know once summer's over and they're starting to get ready for the winter um to go in and actually get my eyes on a set or on a pre-built building of, of one of theirs just so i can see and i may end up uh, buying one and doing that as a review, but you know, pre-built is a good way, especially if you don't have a lot of time, you know, if you're, whether it's your job or, or family or whatever, you know, you can, you can take a pre-built building. Um, yeah, they cost a little more. I mean, obviously you're paying for somebody to build it for you. You know, you can set it on your railroad and you know, it's a great way to add more buildings, more interest to your railroad quickly and that's not to say that down the road you know if you want to make it not look plasticky or new you can always weather them down the road you know there's nothing that says you have to do it right now i know there are people out there that will say oh you know a, a car or a locomotive won't touch my railroad unless it's been weathered or whatever building you know it's your railroad. do it however you want um, okay. So plastic. Now there are craftsmen, which you hear under the name a lot. And if you don't know, craftsman kits are generally all wood. They are laser pre-cut, um, pieces, um, that you, you buy the building and kit and they, they, when you open this kit up, sometimes the pieces are already separated from, we'll call it the wood sprues, or you have to they're, they're, they still got, they're still attached to it, which most of them do that just to protect the pieces. Um, and you cut out your pieces and a lot of the wood craftsman kits will give you, um, oh, uh, little extra details that are, are, uh, metal, like soft metal. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're lead, but they're, or they, maybe they are, but they're, they're, um, castings, um, for added details. And you, you know, most craftsman kits, wood craftsman kits are going to cost a little more than, um, you know, say a plastic kit, not always, but you know, most of the time they are. And that's because the material costs a little more and, you know, there's the process of them laser cutting it and, and doing the, the castings and everything else. So, um, but craftsman kit, I, if you're a beginner into the hobby, and you have never built a model building in whatever scale you're in. Obviously, the bigger scales, the little, I don't know, I'm not going to say it's necessarily easier, but you have more room for um, support, you know, supporting beams and stuff, you know. But, um, you know, I would recommend if you've never built a model railroad building, no matter what scale you're in, um, I would recommend going with plastic first so you can kind of get, uh, you know, kind of get the feel 
of how, you know, how the buildings go together. I mean, they're going to all go together the same, but you get into the wood side of it. You are going to be putting, you're going to have to be putting bracing on the back of your wall sections and stuff like that. I mean, it, it's more in depth and that's why a lot of people don't actually, I think it scares a lot of people because they see all these extra pieces of wood and you know, Oh, I got to cut it and this and that. I don't want to mess it up. You know, as far as the wood craftsman kits, you can always go to say a local hobby shop or even hobby lobby or a lot of, uh, hardware stores sell small pieces of, uh, uh, basswood or, uh, balsa. You can use balsa. I don't prefer balsa just because it's softer and it's not as, um, you can't use it as much of as a support on the back of a wall because it, it bends a little more than basswood, but you know, if that's all you have, use it. Um, so yeah, craftsman wood kits are generally more for, okay, you've, this is say your, I'm not even going to say second layout. This is your first layout. You've got, you've got your, all your buildings up and you want to start upgrading them. You want to start, you know, okay, well, I like this. I've seen this in the magazine. I like this, um, building, whatever it is really like that on my railroad so you want to replace something on your railroad for a wood craftsman kit that's what it's more for you know i am not gonna in any way shape or form say don't dive in and try it you know what it, it i love doing wood craftsman kits they do take longer to do if you are doing them right i mean yeah you can slap glue them uh, slap glue on them slap them together but to do them right they do take longer because you got to brace all your walls and all that stuff which we're not here to get into that right now but but wood craftsman kits, there are a lot of unique uh, buildings out there. I mean, yeah, they're mass produced, but there's a lot more unique uh, buildings because you most of the craftsman kits are from smaller companies. They're not, I mean, while they are mass produced, but they're mass limited mass produced by these companies. So, you know, they're you're going to get more individualism with them. Plus I feel wood craftsman kits are a little easier to kit bash than plastic. Um, you know, plastic isn't hard to kit bash. Um, but let's face it, a softer wood is easier to cut through than plastic, you know? And so, but I'm not either way, I'm not cutting either one down, but, um, but yeah, craftsman kits are a good way to get into a good way to go. If you've got your first layout up and running, you, you like it, you don't, you know, you're not going to add on, or even if you do add on whatever, but you want to start getting into that a little bit more real prototypical feeling, um, and making your, your, your layout look more like, like what you, what it looks like when you walk outside the door, you know, uh, wood craftsman kits are a good way to start doing that. Um, but like I said, if you've never done one before, Start with a small one, an inexpensive one. Um, I know like bar mills, they make uh, they make some great inexpensive little shacks and stuff like that. Um, uh, you know, start with something like that. Um, that way, you know, I, I don't know what they cost now. I know back when I, uh, when I was doing this, you know, 10, 15 years ago, whatever it is, um, I think you could get like, a, they used to have a kit where it was like three little sheds. They were like, um, business sheds, you know, like one was a hot dog dealer or something. I don't know. You know, another one was whatever, but you get like the three 
and they weren't very big. Obviously, it would be like HO scale shed size or slightly bigger for like 20 bucks. I don't know if the prices, I'm sure the prices have changed, but you know, the nice thing is 20 bucks, you have three different, or in, in that case, at that time, you had three different, uh, you know, opportunities to, you know, build the first one. Okay. I messed up here. I, okay. I, you know, you had three opportunities to improve, you know, um, now craftsman kits do take a different type of, um, uh, adhesive. Um, while yes, you can still use, uh, super glue, um, the MEK that we talked about or 10 X will not work, um, because that's designed to melt plastic. Well, let's face it. This is wood. Um, you can't really melt wood. I mean, you can burn it. Um, but a lot of people will use a good wood glue. Um, the biggest thing with the wood glues is, and this is my recommendation, and there's a lot of people out there that'll say this, make sure it is a waterproof wood glue. So yeah, it'll clean up with water, clean off your hands with water when it's wet and not cured, but make sure when it's cured, it's waterproof because that'll help as time goes on. Um, that'll help with those seams and your, uh, your wall bracing and stuff to continue to stick through humidity, you know, um, temperature changes, stuff like that. Um, and then of course you have your castings, um, that you're going to glue, which that would be good with super glue, white glue, or even, even the, um, oh, uh, wood glue. You can use white, like plain old regular Elmer's glue all, whatever, uh, to build these structures. The problem, I guess my, my opinion, this is my opinion only, the thing I don't like about it is, um, you there, it's not waterproof, you know? So if, if you're going to be putting, say some of these buildings, you know, you, it has separately applied, uh, shingles, um, whether they're shake shingles or whatever, you know, that I don't, I use them for those because even if it peels up a little bit, you know what real life they do as time goes on, um, shingles will do that. So, you know, but I would highly recommend if you get into craftsman kits doing the, uh, wood glue, I'm not going to say what brand or anything, but just make sure the biggest thing is, is make sure it is waterproof when it's, um, cured. So, well, we have talked a lot about wood kits, um, or, uh, structures and plastic structures. And, um, we didn't really talk much about, uh, plaster structures or, uh, and I said plaster, I hope I said plaster. Yes. Plaster. Um, those, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I have not done much with plaster structures. I have used plaster a lot for rock walls and, um, or making rocks and stuff like that and scenery and also for making like brick walls and stuff, but I've never really done a full building, um, with, um, plaster walls, you know, I know when I had the plaster castings that came with some of my craftsman structure kits that I've built, um, I used them. I used like white glue, uh, wood glue, super glue, even super glue doesn't work that well because, um, but it does, it can work for a temporary setup, um, to attach 
the plaster to say the lower of the building if you're doing like oh what do they call it uh wayne's coating or whatever but um so if you've had any sort of experience with actually doing plaster casted buildings you know like for being a brick building or something reach out to us or reach out to us uh if you um have you know give us your idea your thoughts your input on buildings structures you know do you prefer plastic do you prefer the craftsman do you do you use a mix of both do you prefer pre-built you know for the plastic and stuff let us know the uh or model railroad talk at gmail.com or you can reach out through uh any of these platforms and we will try to get back to you as quick as we can but even now we have and we announced it last episode we have now a phone number for our podcast no it's not an 800 number but most people have cell phones and long distance is a thing of a pass unless it's outside the country so um our podcast phone number is 563-293-6530 now remember with our phone number it is not say a manned it's not a man line i mean it, it goes into a phone it's my old cell phone um i don't carry it with me um, I leave it at home. Like when I'm at work and stuff, I do check it every day. Um, so you can call, leave a voicemail, send a text message. Um, but please give us, you know, up to 24 hours to respond. Um, you know, 24 to 36 hours to respond either it's through email or that. So yeah, our, our, our podcast phone number again is five, six, three, two, nine, three, six, five, three, Oh, reach out. Tell us what you think. Um, on structures what do you prefer so we are going to take a break and when we come back we are going to do a very very broad generalized talk about weathering um what we're going to talk about is going to mainly or not mainly it can be used across all spectrums plastic wood plaster um rail cars buildings locomotives so um stick around and after this break we will dive into that and our review so we'll see you in a few join the model railroad revolution go on over to patreon.com forward slash model railroad talk and become a premium supporter by becoming a premium supporter, you get added benefits such as an exclusive private Facebook group, live videos while we record, access to the latest episode before anyone else, and more. Your support helps us continue to grow and support the model railroad revolution. Go on over to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash model railroad talk to become a premium member today. We are back. Yes. You know, when I was taking that break, it, it just dawned on me something I forgot about um, that I did not bring up in when we were talking about, because the first half here, just to re reiterate, we're talking about uh, structures, buildings. 
Um, we talked about how there are plastic ones, kits, and pre-built. Um, wood craftsman kits that are kits. But one thing I didn't bring up is there are people out there that they do that as a side business or a full business that actually build, uh, you know, you you pay them to build your wood craftsman kit and you know how you, you you know you sit down basically you have an interview with them and they find they figure out through asking you questions um of how you want this building to look and you pay them and they build it i don't know what they charge you know that's uh, I, I don't know so you would have to talk to somebody about that but it's an interesting concept and it's been done for years and and there's people that do that for rail cars you know as far as the weathering which we're going to get into here shortly um rail cars and locomotives and stuff like that and you know people do all sorts of stuff fine detail and that stuff too so um but the one thing i did i completely forgot about and i did a review on this um oh it would have been episode three on modelbuildings.org there are actually printable buildings um you know and i'm not talking 3d printing i'm talking like um you the modelbuildings.org that i did a review on i have purchased several oh i can't even tell you and i'm there's still a lot more i want to get from them um basically you print it off with a color printer um you want to have at least a decent color printer i mean but use what you have folks don't go buy anything extra but um but uh you basically print it off and use spray adhesive um and you put it on either like a, a cereal box you know you take an old cereal box cut it up use that kind of cardboard i wouldn't go any thinner than say a cereal box um you can if need be you can use regular cardboard too but you want to make sure it's straight and it's the 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 sheathing if you will on the cardboard is thick enough that you don't get the ribs so because you don't want the ribs showing through but you basically you do that you cut them out um glue them together and that is an awesome way uh to add background buildings and they make actually uh they, when they i think when they started doing those it was mainly for like background buildings relief buildings stuff like that something that's not up close that you're gonna you know see the detail um see that it's flat i guess um but they do make a lot of them make printable uh 3d buildings you know like the the all four walls and and a roof and you know all that stuff and that's another option to and and for relatively inexpensive like that modelbuildings.org most of the kits you you can get like anywhere from 3 to 5 or 6 buildings depending on the size of the building and like what industry or whatever of the building um for 20 30 bucks and you can print them as much as you want and you can actually take the files and move them into say photoshop or you know your your editor of choice and you know you can you can in a sense make them personalize them you can if you don't like the sign that's on the building you can go in and use your little race tool and you know type tool and put in whatever you want um i i actually have several of them which i'm gonna do a video on the 
TikTok and probably for our YouTube channel because I got to get those going. Um, I got to do another video for TikTok soon, but I want to get the YouTube video or YouTube channel going more. But I, I'm going to do a video on those soon because I actually printed off some more and I have them kind of lined up in the back background right now of where my scrap uh, scrap facility is going to be. And they actually look really, really good. It adds just that little bit. We even with no other scenery and the track just being laid and, you know, it's just blank for scenery. It, it adds some realism. So anyways, um, going on to weathering, um, we're going to transition from what we were just talking about. You can actually weather those. If you're wondering about those printable buildings, you can weather those too, folks. Um, you can weather them with chalks or colored pencils or i mean if you're good in you know photoshop or one of those photo editors you can even do it through there too um but like the modelbuildings.org uh a lot of them already have the weathering on it but you can add to them um so chalks colored pencils um are some of the main ones there's two more i feel that are main uh, processes, if you will, that people use. Um, while we jumped ahead with, uh, chalks and, uh, colored pencils, most people, um, will start out, say, I'm sure you all have heard about taking, um, isopropyl alcohol or, or, or rubbing alcohol and putting two to four drops, five drops, depending on you know, if you buy the, what is it, quart size, you put anywhere from two to four drops of, of um, India ink in it. Some people, you have used shoe polish, you know, it, I use India ink. But, um, and then you basically take a brush, wipe it on your railroad, right? Spread it on your, or on your railroad, on your car, your locomotive, your building, whatever. And then the alcohol dries you know because it dries or uh, uh, evaporates quickly and it leaves that it just gives you a nice dulled down look to start with a lot of people will do that to as their main base to start with for that rail car that locomotive building what have you so i and that's what i do um if you've never used the indie ink and alcohol um try it folks it's easy I mean, it's, it's a easy, inexpensive way to, to be able to do that. Um, as a prime example, I mean, you can, you, I, like I bought, <coughs> excuse me, folks. Um, when I got back into this, I bought two of those quart size things for, I don't know, four bucks, five bucks, whatever it is. Um, sometimes you can get them cheaper at the dollar store. Um, and I actually went online, um, through Amazon and I bought some indie ink. Yeah, it's cheaper stuff, but for what we're using it for, who cares? But I got a big old thing of it. I want to say it was, I don't know, eight ounces of it, eight or 10 ounces, maybe 12 ounces of indie ink. And yeah, it's from China, but, uh, you know, I've got more than enough. I've got more than enough indie ink. I'll probably never use it all. Um, but, and I, I basically made two, um, variances of it. I have one that's a lighter and one that's a darker. So 
like we'll use say a rail car as an example um if it's a lighter colored rail car i will start with the lighter the not as potent um any ink wash and because i don't want to take a lighter car and like unless i'm wanting it heavily weathered but you don't want to like uh go too dark too quick if that makes any sense um you want to do it in layers so that's where like okay i'll start with the lighter put my wash on there let it dry and then i'll look at it okay do i want it did it did i get the results i wanted do I want to go darker? How much darker? Do I want to go just a little bit? Well, then I'll put another layer of the the, the lighter color on there. Or if I want to, eh, you know, instead of doing like 10 layers of that, I'll just sometimes go to the darker, which I, my, my lighter color, I want to say in the quart that I got, I put, I want to say it was like four drops of this indie ink in there. And then my, my darker one's like eight basically. So the reason why I went that route, and it turns out right, is because it's a cheaper ink. So, I mean, you get what you pay for, right, folks? So, um, so I had to compensate a little bit there. But you put the indie ink on there, let it dry, do its thing. Then there are chalks. Um, you have paint you can use, um, you know, and then colored pencils even. I mean, I people have actually drawn. I used to do this. I used to draw my own graffiti on rail cars with colored pencils you know and you don't have to really be um an art real real like a great artist to do that i mean pick a pick one of your kids names or somebody you know pick a name and start by drawing it on there in bubble letters and then outline it and stuff i mean that's a good way to start you know um but most people and i i do this depending on what i'm wanting out of the weathering so like Using the rail car as an example, I'll put my first layer of indie ink on there, uh, alcohol and indie ink, let that dry. And then a lot of times I'll go back with like a chalk or like I actually have some dirt, very, very fine dirt that, um, um, that I use. Um, so I'll use that and I'll use chalks. Um, the chalks, you can lighten colors up, you can emphasize highlights and stuff with chalks which is you know depending on what kind of weathering you're wanting uh, you're wanting the car to look like you know you've got the variety there with the chalks and the and then with the chalks and the uh, colored pencils whether you're using colored pencils for uh, weathering or doing graffiti or whatever when you're all said and done you will give it a light coat of um matte spray you know whether it's tester's dull coat or which that's the most common one but you want whatever you get even if you don't do the testers the testers they their 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 spray is a very fine mist um they the nozzles they use so if you can find it less expensive say another brand just make sure it's got that nozzle that gives you the really fine mist and not just a heavy blast because if you put too heavy of a coat on there with that dull coat or even, you know, gloss coat, whatever, it can mess it up. Um, but keep in mind, chalks, any kind of weathering you do, with the exception if you're, say, drawing graffiti and you're putting heavy colors on. But even with that, you hit it with dull coat, 
you're going to lose 40 to 60% of your effect. So you, that's why when you do that, a lot of advanced modelers say, okay, overemphasize your weathering. So say you have a, this rail car um, that you just want a light weathering on, you know, like, okay, it's, it's maybe a five-year-old rail car versus a 50-year-old rail car. Um, you just want a light weathering on it. Well, take it to that light, light weathering you want, then go darker. And, and, and unless you are not planning on clear coating, I mean, some people don't, some people don't plan on clear coating their stuff. I know some of, on my old railroad, depending on the car and the weathering, I wouldn't, I wouldn't clear coat it. So, because I wasn't, I, some of my cars, I never touched once they hit the railroad, um, until I ended up moving. And even then I was able to be careful. I wore, uh, rubber gloves, you know, like the mechanics rubber gloves or whatever, or, uh, medical ones, whatever. And that way you're not getting your, your oil off your hands on it. And which would be picking up that stuff, you know, the, 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 the chalk and stuff, lifting it off there. If you're using that, you know, if you're not going to clear coat it, then, you know, whether to how you want it, if you're planning on doing a clear coat, which a lot of people will, um, they'll do their initial weathering, clear coat it with a, with matte, um, uh, gloss or not gloss, uh, spray, but matte spray. And then they'll go back and okay. They'll weather it a little differently. Some people have different processes. You, you just need to figure out what you, what your process is. Um, but what do you do? You know, I mean, I don't know how to weather. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying, bandit, you know, you, you have the stuff. I can see where that works, but how do I know how to weather? How do I, how do I know how much or where to put this weathering? Well, guess what folks, we have the internet, we have pictures. Um, you know, if there's a particular rail car, you know what, go on and Google it, you know, Google the, um, the reporting marks, you know, I don't know, you know, BNSF car number, you know, 1001, whatever. Um, and then type in whatever type it is. And you'll be surprised at how many pictures out there you will be able to find of that rail car or a rail car really close to it in numbers. And you, sh and, and you just look at it and okay, well, it's got streaks coming down the side here and here. And you know, that kind of thing, or like on locomotives, you know, this, this particular locomotive has a whole bunch of soot coming out here, or, you know, it's really faded or, you know, um, so you can, you know, that's a good resource. That's a, that's a, honestly where I started with weathering. I mean, when I first got into weathering, yeah, I did the Indian thing and then I tried some chalks and I'm like, ah, you know, I don't like how this works. And, and somebody had told me that just go look at the prototype. It doesn't even matter if you just look for a uh, box car or whatever you're the type of car you're weathering. It doesn't even have to be the same road um, name or whatever, but just one that's about the same color as the one you're weathering and go from there, you know? Um, and, and, that's a good place to start. Start by weathering what the real, the prototype is. And once you start playing around with that car and I would, I wouldn't, I would suggest not doing it with a, you know, your prized possession car. You know, if you're able to go to like a train show or something and pick up, you know, an old lifelike, you know, train set car for 
two bucks, you know, or several, pick up several of them, cheapo cars and do your weathering on those first to get your technique down. Um, it'll save you in the long run of heartache and stuff like that, because some weathering techniques, once you put them on there, you're not going to be able to get them off without stripping the paint, you know? Well, and one thing we didn't talk about was using paint for weathering, which most of the time people use like dry brushing, um, which there again, that's a technique. We're not going to dive into each technique, um, on this episode, but you know, dry brushing, there's plenty of, uh, tutorials out there, you know, YouTube or just even looking, Googling, um, searching web searching the, uh, dry brushing. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much all weathering is making it look like what it looks like outside. But if you're, if you're a modeler that you are into more of the toy look, the toy train look like a lot of, um, Lionel and American flyer collectors, they want to keep those, which I don't blame them. They want to keep those in mint condition and same with the buildings and all that. So you won't see the toy collectors doing, um, the weathering, you know, cause they want to keep them. That's they're basically they're collectors is what they are. They're not they're they're I still consider them model railroaders, but they they're modeling in a different realm than what, us what what most your typical cliched model railroader does so so weathering though is a great way just like doing you know even uh buying pre-built structures or you go to garage sale and find some and slapping them on your railroad it's a good way to add more depth to your scenes um same with the weathering, you know, locomotives, the cars, weathering goes all the way down to the track. Um, as an example, um, once I get my next phase of bench work and track done, I will actually probably start weathering my track um, on my current uh, track that is done. Um and that for using that now we're getting into other stuff but to give you kind of a, a idea i will be using my airbrush and basically i spray my ties from the top and then i come down at a real low angle uh with a little bit different color more of a rust color and i spray the sides of the rails you know um when you know you ballast you can put ballast on there but mm, unless you are modeling freshly uh, rebuilt track ballast whatever you know dirt in the air and all that stuff rain and everything you're going to want to weather your ballast too and there again you can use some of the same stuff chalk the uh, the alcohol in any ink i would be careful if you do use it use it sparingly because the alcohol can actually break down especially if you're using like most of us do you either use like matte medium and water or or Elmer's white glue and water mixed up, you know, depending on whatever ratio, it doesn't matter. Um, alcohol can actually break that down. So um, <clears throat> use it sparingly when you're weathering, you know, cause you don't want to put it on so heavy that it actually soaks in and breaks all that down. Yeah, it will eventually dry back up, but just to be on the safe side, but yeah, you know, weathering um, 
you know, I mean, if you think about it, if you're, if you're, if you're going to be modeling the outside world, it doesn't matter if you're doing prototype or, or freelance railroad, weathering is what brings it together. I think, in my opinion, um, you know, some people go all out with weathering. Some people, they just don't care about it. And, and it doesn't matter what side of the spectrum you're on, on that, you know, um, you know, uh, but for those of us that do want at least a little bit of weathering or, you know, all out weathering, you know, it, it, it's a great way, like I've said, to bring, tie everything together and add that one more element of lifelike to our models. So what do you think? Let us know. Reach out to us. Model Railroad Talk at gmail.com. Um, www.modelrailroadtalk.com. Um, or you can call us, um, leave a message or send a text message either way, uh, 563-293-6530. That's 563 for an area code, 293-6530. Um, you can, like I said, you can text messages there. Um, if you want to send some pictures of your weathering or maybe some of your structures, email them up to us. You can actually send us a text as well now and we can get them. Um, and we, if you, and with your permission, we would share them on our Facebook page and um, let others see what you, what you do and, and how good your work is um, with no judgment, of course. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, let us know what you think. I mean, are you uh, going back on uh, the weathering? Are you one of, one of those that, you know, weathering's not really my thing. I don't really care. Or are you, well, a little bit of weathering is okay. Or are you like, well, everything, you know, needs weathering because that's what the real world has, you know. So reach out to us. Let us know. Um, we will have a poll and a question at the bottom of this. If you click on the information section of this, there, uh, if you're on Spotify, that is. Um, and fill out the Q&A or the um, poll and let us know what you think as well. So. Um, yeah, both of these topics we did just in general overview. Um, I know I've done a lot of general overviews of stuff. Um, haven't really got in depth with too much. Um, I guess what I'm my my thinking theory is I am hoping and it's starting to do this, but as an example, with Benjamin uh, coming on to another episode soon uh, having an outside opinion, um, uh, you know, cause this show ultimately isn't about me. It's about you and us just, you know, me talking, me crazy guy talking about model trains, um, from a normal guy standpoint. Um, and you know, I also want output or input from you guys as well. So, um, yeah. You know, this is all about us. We're in this together. We need to keep this hobby going, um, which I don't think it'll die off. I think it's, I think it goes uh, kind of quiet once in a while, but we need to keep this hobby going because let's face it, it, it really is the world's greatest hobby. And it doesn't matter if you're Z scale or your one inch scale, you know, like uh, Eric, you know, which like I said, we will have on um, soon. Um, speaking of which, if you go to our Facebook page, uh, Model Railroad Talk, we have uh, over the last, well, over about the last week or so, uh, 
Benjamin has sent in some pictures of his railroad that he's currently working on. And Eric has actually sent us some of the projects he's done. And he does the one inch scale, which if you don't know what that is, that's uh, one inch equals one foot. So basically if a rail car is 50 foot, um, he builds one that's 50 inches long, that kind of thing, you know? Um, so, you know, but anyways, he had sent us some pictures and with his, with his permission, we posted them on our Facebook page. Um, and it's really neat to see we, our Facebook page is there for you folks, for you to, you know, learn about us as a podcast, but also for you to maybe learn, um, and even show off, show off your project, show off your prized possessions. You know, you have that rail car, that locomotive, or even the layout, you know, send them to us. Um, we would love to share them and let others see the great work you're doing. So, all right, we have a review. So this is actually kind of funny because I had already decided that the review is going to be about, um, what it's going to be about. And then I seen in one of the Facebook groups that, um, somebody had actually asked about this. So, um, and it is highly talked about and, uh, most people, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, well, you can do this or you can do that. There's several different ways to do this, but I found a program that I, that I use, um, and I love it. So, um, we're going to dive right into that. So yeah, the review is going to be about an inventory, um, well, model railroad inventory uh, program. <clears throat> there are all sorts of types out there. Um, some really expensive ones that, um, you know, that integrate, uh, your switch list and stuff like that based on your inventory, which, you know, that's great. Um, if you, if you have a large layout with large amount of cars and you do a lot of people over for switching, you know, or operating sessions and you do a lot of switching, this program may not necessarily be for you, especially if you use the uh, computer aided switch list, that kind of thing. But if you're looking for um, a straight up model railroad um, inventory program, this one I've been using five months now and I like how it works. It is called Yard Office. Um, just Google Yard Office Model Railroad software. They are through a different, they don't actually have like a website of their own. Um, they go through, I don't remember what it's, well, let me look here real quick. It's actually through musicmixradio.com forward slash yard office. Um, that's music, M-U-S-I-C, mix, M-I-X, radio.com forward slash yard office. At first I was a little skeptical, you know, because of the website, you know, thing. I'm like, eh, okay, you know, I don't want my information stolen or whatever. So I did, I did some looking, I did more research and stuff before I did it. And so you go there and it is free to download. So, and try it. Um, it, there are a ton of features like you get a majority of the program 
um, that is free to download. Um, now, mind you, you do get ads on there once in a while, you know, when you open it up and stuff like that um, for the free version. But it's fully functioning software, and there's no size limits, no time limits. Um, you get the complete data input screens. You know, you get basic roster reports and other reports. But if you register, which it's a one-time fee, $27, um, loads, you know, you get loads of extra features, extra reports, data filtering, tech support, all that good stuff, um, which doesn't seem like, oh, well, I don't really care about it. Uh, you also get rid of the ads. Um, I, I ran this on the free version for two or three months, I think it was. Then I um, went and decided, you know what, I'm going to register it just to see. And right now, no, these, the extra reports and stuff, don't, they, don't, um, they don't apply to me right now um, just because of my situation. I mean, I, I don't, my, my railroad's not functioning yet. However, as time goes on, um, it will. But it's, it's nice how it's set up. I mean, you can, um, basically everything's editable, if that's a term. You know, I mean, <clears throat> you can go in and uh, there's all sorts of categories, you know, you can, and you can edit the categories. You can, car types, you can edit those, reporting marks, manufacturers, dealers, um, you know, which is like where you would buy it from, um, status, you know, whether, uh, is it operating or is it in storage, you know, that, that unit, whether it's car, uh, um, locomotive, you know, or does it need repair? Uh, you know, there, and you can put in, okay. If, if, and this is good for like, if you're a collector, you can actually put in what you paid for it. Um, you know, um, what you're listing it for, like if you're selling and if you sell it, you can actually put that in there and it'll give you kind of a, a profit and loss. I don't want to say really profit and loss report, but it shows that. Um, but I mean, you can put in, uh, there's a lot of, uh, already railroad, um, logos in there. So if you're using one of theirs, like if, if you're say your reporting mark is ATSF, um, and they have that logo in there, all you have to put is ATSF and then it'll actually show you the, the, um, the logo on it. Um, it's really, really a cool, uh, setup i you know it's i like it i i toyed around with it for a while um but i mean you you the first thing you go into you know you got your main screen you know you have reporting marks road name category type um scale which you change that in um you can change where you can edit that or you like mine i have mine set at ho and then like in the in the settings you can i mean all this is completely customizable you know, modeling notes, uh, other notes, can purchase configuration, and then, you know, your values. So, like, you can put what couplers, the trucks, color scheme, home yard, conditions, so on and so forth. Um, then it, it has a place for you to even put, like, prototype information, like when it was built, height, weight, weight, blah, blah. Can't even talk today, folks. Height, length, and weight. Um, you know, and even DCC, you know, what kind of decoders it sound, what, kind, what decoder type, what's the address? Um, then there's another tab that shows you everything. Um, 
then there's a notes, which I use this. So like when I get a new car in, um, if I haven't, uh, I use this more for, um, you know, say I buy uh, a used car from somebody and let's say I get it in and it's got plastic wheels and it's got just KD number fives. And as some of you may know from listening, I use the KD number 58s or I use the shelf couplers depending on the car. Um, <clears throat> so I'll go in the modeling notes and I'll write, type out, okay, purchase car, you know, um, car has plastic wheels and number five KDs or horn hooks, whatever. And then I'll put the date after it. And then, you know, when I change it up, I'll actually type in what I did. So kind of like a maintenance log. Um, then which actually you go to the log and there's actually another, you can do a maintenance log, you know, I mean, it, it's, um, you know, it gives you a date description, how much, you know, okay. So you did maintenance. So you had to replace a decoder. Okay. Well, how much of that decoder, you know, and yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot to it. And then the last tab, which is DCC. I mean, you can go in and put in all your CV numbers and description of what that is, the value default, you know, I mean, it's, this is a very, very, um, in-depth railroad, uh, inventory, um, program. Um, majority of this, I think everything on that I just described with the different tabs, <clears throat> I think everything is part you can do, uh, with the free version. Um, it's more in the other reports and stuff that, that, um, is, uh, it's for the paid. Um, but I mean, you can put it, you, if you wanted to, you can inventory your DCC stuff. It's got, it's got, it's set up for that. So you can actually inventory your entire railroad all the way from rail cars up to your buildings. You know, I mean, if you wanted to your scenery and stuff, so. Um, but you know, I mean, there is a lot of stuff that, um, that you get, I mean, like, okay, so I'm, I'm just looking on their website right now. <clears throat> so for registered users, this is under their thing for registered users, which is, you know, you pay the 27 bucks, but you can get labels for storage and car containers, uh, columnar photo sheets, car cards for operation. Um, detailed roster listings, inventory value reports, um, inventory analysis reports and counts and so on and so forth. Quick car count totals, custom reports laid out however you want them to look. So this would actually be good for if you are a model railroad club as well, and you want to, you know, make sure that, okay, you know, a for, for, uh, maintenance and stuff. Um, or, you know, you want to keep a good inventory. I mean, um, but you know, there's just a whole lot that you can use for this. And the best thing is, is you can download it for free and you can use the free version and not have to have it registered, but let's face it. Registering it is going to help the person that has spent the money to, um, design and build this and maintain the program. But, um, 
but you know it it's the little bit of added features is well worth it um so i would look it up like i said um give it a try if you're looking at um wanting to have some sort of model railroad inventory it is called yard office um and you can get to it by their website which is musicmixradio.com forward slash yard office once again that's m-u-s-i-c-m-i-x-r-a-d-i-o.com forward slash yard office check it out um it, it there is a little bit of a learning curve um but once you get in and you start playing around with it and that what's best what's awesome about this is um you i i can't tell you how many times there's there's an option under files that you can click and it says something like i want to say rebuild the database or something like that so you can play around with it and and oh man i messed this up or you know uh, i just want to completely start from scratch and you can click on it and guess what it basically restarts the program you know yeah you're going to lose some of your info but you know it gives you a fresh start but the the customization on this that i have found is totally well worth the money um so i and once again i paid for mine i downloaded it and i paid for mine i this is not you know they didn't give me that for free or nothing so um the one thing i'll tell you is it is um you when you do register give them a few days um because it is a one man i think i'm pretty sure it's a one man gig um that does it so give him a few days um to get back with you and he basically gets back with you on a number um i actually have mine on my laptop upstairs and i have it on my main computer down here by the railroad um i don't have my full inventory in the one on my downstairs computer right which i should but i use my laptop more for that stuff anyways so but um but yeah once you have it registered you can use it on a couple of your laptops or your computers and have it in multiple places so give it a try if you're looking for um a good model railroads uh inventory software it kind of saves you if uh, yeah you can do a spreadsheet and stuff like that but now you're into building a spreadsheet um you know and i mean if you're good at it and you enjoy building spreadsheets that's fine you know but this kind of is the best of both worlds um it's it's just a really cool inventory so anyway folks that is a longer review than i expected that to be but i really i really really do like this uh yard office so you know and you can tell i get excited about it so you know it must be good on our and i i almost forgot about this so on our newly added we started this with that um dvd we did um zero to six for yard office i am going to give it a five the reason why i won't give it a six is because there is a little bit of a learning curve at the beginning but that's not necessarily bad i i felt the learning curve wasn't horrible um it is definitely like most programs like that when you first get into it you're not going to just jump right in and you know have it all figured out um it can be confusing with all the stuff you fill in i know when i first started um there was some stuff that i filled in i'm like hey, i don't want it but um but i'm definitely giving it a five a solid five because 
the inventory is great. Um, oh, the other thing, the reason why I'm get, only giving a five, not a six is because I have yet to figure out, I don't know if there, there may be a way to do this. I'm not sure, but I would like to be able to export the files onto say a flash drive off my laptop and bring them down here and plug it in anytime I update and transfer them in. And I still have yet to figure out how to do that. I'm not saying that it can't be done. Um, I don't know. Maybe somebody else that has more experience can figure it out, but uh, I'm still, I mean, I, I haven't been trying on it hard, you know, working on it, you know, solid. But um, if once I figure that out, I would definitely bump the rating up to 5.5 as far as that goes. So, all right, folks, that this episode is a little longer than I expected. So we are sitting at episode 16. This is awesome. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for supporting us to our paying sub supporters. Um, yeah, um, I couldn't. I, if, if, I, if you would ask me, you know, after episode two or three, hey, do, can you see yourself being in episode 16? I'd probably told you no. But anyways, folks, thank you for listening. And as always, this is, uh, couldn't do it without you folks listening. Um, so you all be safe and we'll catch you on the next ride.